I'm Frederick Gerten, and I'm the filmmaker. And I'm Leilani Farha, and I'm the advocate. And this is Pushback Talks, and we are back. We are out in the air, Leilani, and we, with an ever-growing audience. I just found out we now have audience in 119 countries. So, I'm, I mean, can you astonishing, guess? Astonishing, astonishing. Who are the new ones? Who are the new ones? Oh, you got to give me a region. Come on. Actually, one country that I, we should have had, because we weren't there to show Push, in Central America. In El Salvador. El Salvador, yes. We never had someone in from El Salvador. You're welcome, you, the listener out there. And then we have two countries, two more countries in Africa. Uh, Ivory Coast, I already gave it to you before, but there's also then a big island on the east of, of uh, Africa. The Seychelles. That's very small islands. It's Madagascar. Madagascar, you're also welcome to to push back talk. So 119 countries. Leilani, this week's big thing is the Pandora Papers. Journalists together all over the world are breaking news again. Have you have you seen it? Oh yes, I've seen it and I've been listening to some podcasts about it. Astonishing again. Astonishing. Because for our purposes or for my purposes so much of this is about the way real estate and housing is being used by those with power and money. What is very obvious, I mean, sometimes the journalism coming out of the Panama Papers, the Paradise Papers, and now the Pandora Papers are about individuals. And of course, the irony is one of the Swedish uh, names showing up here is a, a hip-hop group. Do you know the name of them? Swedish House Mafia. <laughs> so oh, Swedish House. Oh my gosh. Like, so Everyone they're like, knows. They're, they're like yes. in it in a big time. Swedish House Mafia is caught in the Pandora Papers. It's all about wealth management. It's how the richest people on the planet, they have um, these kind of wealth managers helping them to place their money. And, it, and what we can see coming out already now is that they're... They're building a chateau in, or they're buying a chateau in France or a villa in Santa Monica. It's all of this kind of placing, parking money. And this is, I mean, do you think they're going to live in these houses? Of course not. No intention. But you know, Frederick, one thing that's interesting is I heard on one podcast I was listening to, they're saying, well, you know, a lot of this is happening in quotes legally because they're just using the structures that exist for them to get their money offshore and then put it somewhere else. But from an international human rights law perspective, it is not legal what they're doing because they're taking away the tax base of countries and countries are supposed to, under law, it use all of the resources that are available to them to ensure people have adequate housing and food and all of these things. So in that way, it's not legal at all. Uh, not just morally bankrupt, it's, it's actually illegal from a human rights point of view. Yeah. And we, we certainly have to return back and look more into the, the, what comes out of the Pandora Papers. But today we're going to talk about Turkey, uh, because Turkey is also then one of these countries where a lot of money has been flooding in. And, and I, actually, Turkey is one of the top 10 countries of foreign investment in real estate. Wow. So it's, it's really high. And it's the, most of the money is coming from Iraq, Iran, Russia, but also from 80 countries around the world. 
but you, can you imagine what the impact has on the people you know in those countries so in one of the universities in in istanbul the prices of a student dorm went up 290% because they're in there they're just grabbing away apartments and houses but anyway we now we actually have a guest from turkey and that's uh, Dilan Ipek who is student and also an active uh, in in the libertarian youth but also in the turkish student movement now actually sleeping in parks all around Turkey. It's a huge movement. It's a movement that's actually shaking the government and shaming the government. Dylan, welcome to, to Pushback Talks. Hello, Frederik and Leilani. Welcome, Dylan. What are you doing? It seems like you're, you're, you have a very strong movement going on in Turkey right now. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it, it hasn't just started from the September because normally many many of the, uh, the other movements or the maybe as you said, foreign countries uh, focused on this uh, topic from September, but the economical crisis is going on for many years. And it's also so related to those uh, problems of the state, this coalition state. So, and one part of is the students, because they have to all, always uh, deal with the problems, but more with the workers, more with the students, more with LGBTIQs, more with women, and we are a part of it. But this movement, which is now, I've seen reports on that people are sleeping in parks, or students are sleeping in parks, like it, as a protest action. It seems like it mainly images from Istanbul. You are in Izmir, which is like the third city. It's like the Malmo of Turkey. Well, Malmo is the third city of Sweden, maybe a little bit smaller than Izmir. So you're doing cool stuff in, in, in Izmir also. Yeah, exactly. After this protest has just started, it was um, it was so normal for us because, yeah, as you said, we couldn't find any dormitory to stay and also any uh, scholarship to stay. We have to sleep in the parks, in the street, and some. Uh, it was so radical. It wasn't radical enough for these students because it was a, so basic and so... The basic right, you were talking about only housing, and the, the crisis, the, the, this uh, economical crisis is getting bigger here. But now uh, the government wants us to solve this, going to the private dormitories, you know, and uh, also paying more uh, fees, more money there. And we are against it. And we, we know that uh, as, a, as a political uh, subjects, we know that it is so related to the, to, um, the policies of the uh, government for a long time. I can see the, the numbers here uh, in rents overall in Turkey that it's that uh, from the Machesis here university uh, has reports that the rent prices in Istanbul have gone up 51 percent and in Ankara and Izmir around 32. And this is in the middle of the pandemic where most people actually have lost incomes. Yes, exactly. And maybe we can uh, underline the, the sentences for Izmir because maybe you, you remember that Izmir had an earthquake last year. And then uh, after this earthquake, thousands of houses demolished and after rents rose. Yeah. And I, and I understand that these houses damaged by the earthquake are like a s separate part of the housing market where a lot of uh, refugees from Syria are living because that's, that's the only place people can live. 
So also in Istanbul, you can see a lot of uh, homes, but in houses that might fall down, fall down the next time there is an earthquake. So it's it's quite scary. The earthquake that normally was a natural phenomenon, but not was the uh, rent crisis or economical crisis. It wasn't normal or natural. It was a crisis of the government and the capitalist system. So uh, they pushed the uh, people, workers, and students to pay this pay for this crisis. They are pushing us to go to the private schools, only maybe also going uh, back to our homes. And it's so hard, especially for the uh, women students, for the LGBTIQ students. We are going home to, uh, not, not going, we don't want to go back to our families' houses, or we don't want to uh, stay homeless, but uh, we are now more and more political and more united with the other uh, students' movements. Uh, and we say that, yeah, we're strong together. Yeah, I can see that you also have support from the unions in many ways. So it's, it's, it's cool. Leilani, this student crisis, it's not only in Turkey. This is something you see all over the world when you look into this as your as the global director of the shift. Absolutely. And uh, we did do, you'll recall, Frederick, early on a podcast about student housing, different than what we're talking about today in Turkey, where um, a lot of foreign capital is buying up student housing and turning it into luxury accommodation that students actually can't afford. And it's only for rich families and students who come from rich families. I find it really amazing what you're doing, Dilan, in and across Turkey to really raise your voices. Erdogan himself has come out and had to respond, which means you're being the president of Turkey. And it means that you're being very effective. The fact that he felt he had to respond. Now he has said, I only read what's in the media and I only report uh, what I've read. But he said, hey, look, you know, Unlike any previous government, we built dormitories for students. So my question back to you is, okay, so maybe they did build some dormitories, but was it not sufficient? Did they actually take into consideration how many students they needed dormitories for? And what's, what is your movement's response to, to that? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so good question, Leilani. Uh, in Turkey, there are two really important aspects, you know, after this uh, social state has been erased since, since 80s, the, uh, now the, uh, the, the dormitories uh, were left to the religious dormitories, you know, not the government and formal dormitories. So it was a deliberate capital transfer to the religious dormitories and the, those religious cliques. And the other problem is there were uh, some dormitories built with build, operate, and transfer method to the also uh, to the to the capitalists, to the private sector. And uh, you know, the majority of those dormitories are empty. And in fact, and all the most of them haven't, even though they haven't been opened yet. Now the, we we are paying it from our pocket. And, you know, and also the thousands of the students are homeless now. So, and also they are going on to marginalize the students saying that, yeah, no, okay, don't look those um, shitty students. They aren't real students. They are fake. They are, yeah, he's underlining that, okay, they're political and against me or my government, my coalition government, you know? And uh, so 
Now, our friends who attended the Pride Parade, Pride Month, you know, they also, uh, they, they can't go uh, their dormitories anymore and they can't take their scholarships anymore. Many, many, many friends from Istanbul, we know that. Now, I mean, I'm just reading the numbers here that there are a little bit more than 8 million students in Turkey. It's a big country, Turkey. And there are dorms for around little bit more than 700,000. So it's almost like seven and a half million who don't have a, you know, a place to stay or they have to fix it themselves. And of course, people, I guess people always been fixing it themselves. But I, I, was, in, I was in Istanbul uh, just before the pandemic and showing push. And I, and I met with a lot of uh, activists and architects and a lot of very cool people. And I, I, I've been um, walking around the city, but it's, I mean, a lot of people told me their own stories. They had been evicted from places that they've been living for cheap. It was like a cool place to live. And then like five years later, the same buildings are still empty. So there is, and that's a part of the numbers I gave you in the beginning, this enormous flood of money into Turkey just placing itself in real estate. They call it foreign investment, but it's actually just foreign parking of uh, money. But that parking of money has a severe effect on, on a city. And now you, the students of Turkey, are paying the price for rich people uh, in other countries who want to save their money or hide their money away from their own governments, and they don't want to pay tax in their own countries but they are actually punishing you and, and shaking the Turkish society. And this is something, uh, and I think that's the very clear relation to the Pandora, Pandora Papers, this, the, the, the wealth management. And of course, there is also a relation to the government of your country that is letting these people in. Normally, we would say that the foreign investment will make life go better for, for people in the country. But this is also a global pattern. We see foreign investment is actually just destroying societies. You know, because I work globally, then I, you know, I, I have a sense of what, how people think about this issue of global capital and real estate. And it's still people thinking London, New York, San Francisco, Sydney, Hong Kong, they're not thinking Turkey. And yet look at the impact. I didn't know when Frederick gave that statistic that it's one of the top 10 countries receiving foreign capital in this area. I think that should be shocking to us because it it's indicative of, of what Frederick said. This is systematic. It is a, now a structure in society period. It is a structure. It's used the flow of capital into real estate. And what the students and Dylan, you and your your friends and and um, colleagues represent is the push back to say hello. We are out here, and this is the impact. Students not being able to get the education to then go on and live a you know a good life and contribute to society. I have one question for you. You you mentioned Dylan that. Now you're starting to work together. So when the student movement erupted in September, like this sleeping in the parks, was it not organized or had it been organized across the different cities? No, it wasn't organized. Yeah. 
Uh, our, our youth uh, organization just started it in uh, Izmir and uh, in our action we had a press briefing and uh, on the right to housing housing and we said that we want more free dormitories and raise in the student scholarship and then uh, sure it wasn't only a problem of uh, and generally you know this uh, Dormitory problems are a big problem generally in the small cities, yeah, small towns. And uh, maybe, okay, you have a choice to find in Istanbul, maybe bigger houses, maybe you can share with five friends, that's all, but not in the small uh, cities. Also in other cities like Istanbul, Ankara, Mersin, uh, Hatay also, friends, m many different students and organizations uh, had some park protests. I think it's amazing and, and extremely underreported from, <laughs> from the world. I mean, uh, overall, you are so many brave uh, young people in Turkey that, that keep doing this. And I've, of course, you don't do it because you want to be heroes. You do it because you need a place to stay. It's kind of simple in some way. It's very simple. But still, it's, it's, um, you are confronting not only your government. You're, you're confronting a global system that has... Uh, put people's interest aside and and you know the 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 right to a decent home and I mean, that's a that's a, a struggle worthy to to follow so what is what is what are you doing now what is your next step as a movement do you can you see where where this will end where will you how will you move on in January, you know, uh, they will start to talk about uh, economical budget for the, uh, yeah, we, we will have a new year budget and we, wa we will want uh, more budget for the dormitories and uh, for our uh, education rights and also uh, for the free public universities and, uh, yeah, and also sure underlining that we are against those neoliberal education policies. Uh, this is this is the one of the biggest problem of uh, for uh, universities because we we want academic uh, academic democratic universities and now uh, the uh, more pressure and provocative uh, policies of the governments is rising and. No, as you said, Frederick, it is so easy for us to say that, yeah, really, we need to stay in a house. We need uh, some healthy food, the water, and this, this, is the, this, is our, this is right. So we will go on our protests, not only for those budget uh, months, and uh, also I think, you know, um, economical crisis is also so big and uh, we can uh, have some deals with the workers with women movement and with uh, LGBTIQs I really like the um, the framing of just you're very simple in your framing which is these things are human rights food shelter etc I think that that's very powerful and I think linking it to the budget is very powerful as well um, because governments have to spend in ways that contribute to human rights, not that undermine human rights. And it, in, in Turkey, as I understand it, not only is there this issue of the flow of global capital um, into the country, but the government has been using construction 
as a way to push forward economic growth of the country. That's what they say. And a lot of governments do this. They they put a lot of emphasis in their GDP, their gross domestic product on construction and housing. And it's not actually benefiting the people who most need it. So there's a drive for construction and then these places stay empty or because the people who are engaged, even not, I'm not talking about corrupt capital, I'm talking about average people with a little money and they get into construction of housing. It's expensive to do that. And then they they have their own debts and so they want to rent but they rent at prices that students for example can't afford so the budget is very key because the government is is basing its economic life in an area that is damaging young people lgbtq women all the groups that you've mentioned so so go 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 i think targeting that budget is is important thank you they have to put um maximum limit for the rents that this is a must yes rent control yes i was thinking of the italian american economist mariana mazzucato she she sometimes explains the modern capitalism and that's also what we have in the film push where saskia assassin says she talks about uh, the extractive side of uh, capitalism so it's more extracting value and leaving a lot of emptiness behind the, the classical idea of capitalism is that you invest you produce you create like a it's somebody will make more money but everybody will gain in some way but now you're extracting value and giving very little back. And this is very clear here. There is a lot of money floating in, but it's actually just sucking out values and leaving the people uh, of Turkey, not only the students, also ordinary families. I mean, imagine the, the number of refugees and, and all of that because you're surrounded with, with wars and crisis. It's, it's a very tough situation and and then on top of that earthquake and yeah not to mention the pandemic so you have you have some enemies out there it depends no, really also you know also they are saying us yeah okay they are enemies but uh, we are the people we, we yeah we we are the public and we are students and we don't have uh, any capital we don't have any palaces we don't have any villas and uh, when they are living in uh, their palaces with thousands of empty rooms yeah we should always ask uh, for whom you are building these uh, buildings when we are out, when we are homeless. Absolutely. Sure, they are. Sure, they are our enemies. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's also it's also this economic model that is that is, and it's almost like faceless capital in some way because when you look around in Izmir or in Istanbul or in Ankara, you see a lot of new shiny houses. And you don't know who lives there. You don't know who owns it. It's like it's it's very uh, anonymous. But I think what we should keep looking for is the pattern, the pattern that rich people are using this kind of wealth management, the tax, uh, the, the the tax havens, and they move around money in a very quick speed. And and then we don't really know who owns what. But you feel the effect of them placing money. One of the things, Dylan, that I've, I've been thinking about uh, when Frederick and I started talking about students and their experiences with respect to housing is, you know, you are in the best position to push back, in my opinion, because 
unlike us old people, and I put myself in the old people category, uh, you you are not part of any systems, and you did not contribute to the system that exists. You, you, this was put on you. You 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 haven't been part of it and it's when i i was listening to dear greta um thunberg at uh, the youth environment conference she was giving her blah 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 speech and only people who are outside of the system can give a speech like that and i really felt it even even me i'm an advocate i'm a strong advocate for the right to housing i'm more in the system i was the un rapporteur i'm talking to governments all the time it puts me in a different position i'm not in a blah 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 position but you young people can push because you're you can, you have such a strong position this is a world that was created by others but you're being forced to live in it and so your voices are so important. I really think if when change comes, it will come from young people and students because you have still the imagination, the dream, the ability to to see a different world. So I'm just I'm right here behind you, really encouraging you. I really need the young people. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but it's true. I think that it's our job to support uh, the young people, and there, I think there is a lot of hope in the the new generations coming now. Greta is a great <laughs> inspiration, and a lot of the people that she works with. And what you do also now in Turkey is also a, a very strong uh, inspiration for um, for movements around the world. And, the, and we can see this happening in many other countries that the students are taking the lead. And we should also remember that students are the future leaders of a country. So I think also governments should treat students with respect. Don't tear gas them. Don't hit them. Because this is actually the future lace. To the leaders of Turkey, be careful with your students because they, they, you will need them in the future and give them some roof over their heads. I love it. I love it. Season three, episode two. <laughs> it's really good. We have very powerful beginning to season three, beginning with our friends in Berlin and now moving to the activists in Turkey. It's amazing. Time for us to to kind of open up because now Twitter has this feature where you can actually talk to each other. Go live, yeah. Yeah, so we should do that and then we'll invite all of you listeners to to send in questions and, and talk to us. Could be fun. You know what we haven't mentioned, but we'll do it. We'll do an episode. China and Evergrande. I think we mentioned it in our last episode, but uh, there's a lot to talk about with China. Yeah, we need to find somebody who can who can explain this story because it's huge, it's huge, huge. it's so yep. much money. Speaking of money. Money. <laughs> yes, th this is something people don't really understand, that we are doing this podcast without money. And if that's fine in some way, but it's also not totally sustainable because I'm running a very small company who produces documentary films and we actually have cost. We have to pay our rents and all that stuff. So... So if you want, you can support our podcast, would be really nice. Leilani, how can people support us? They can support <laughs> us by going to our Patreon account, which you can reach wherever you download the podcast. There's a little link there. You click on it. You look for Pushback Talks. 
and you can give. And even, well, Frederick and I like friends. So even a dollar, a euro, a pound, yeah. a lira yeah. helps. Yeah. It, it, Lira doesn't no, I help, think... you know? <laughs> no, Lira doesn't help. Okay, it's worth no, nothing. just kidding. Yeah, it doesn't help. No, send a Lira. Send a Lira. It's fine. I'm yeah. really happy to Yeah, maybe you can, you can put it on the museum. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we, will, we will. Anyway, and I'm looking. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Always a pleasure. And uh, Till next time. See Talk you. Bye-bye. See you next time. Pushback Talks is produced by WG Film. To watch Push, visit pushthefilm.com. You can also support us by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash pushbacktalks. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>